thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome again to another broadcast of Jesus the Healer. We are so thankful that you've joined with us today and we invite you, bring your faith. (laughs) Release your faith. Um, Join your faith to the word that you hear today. And like the rest of us in here, we're going to purpose be doers of the word. Amen. Let's just go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege today of coming together and feeding on your word. And we look to you, Father, to help us to have eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that are open and receptive. And we look to the Holy Spirit who is our helper, our great helper, so that we can be doers of this word that we hear. And we thank you that we have a divine teacher, the Holy Ghost, that teaches us these these truths that helps drive them into our own spirits so that we can become doers in a greater way of your word. We thank you for answers. We thank you for words that bring heaven to earth. We thank you for revelation of your word. For the light runs out the darkness. The light overcomes the darkness. And we thank you for the light that shows us what to do. And we give you glory and honor. And everyone said, amen. Amen. We're going to go back to our golden scriptures that we've been using in the last several episodes. We're teaching on the presence of God, enjoying the fellowship of God. And whether or not you realize that that's connected to your miracle, (laughs) that's connected to your healings, it's connected to you receiving um, what God has for you. You know, I'm reminded of something that um, Brother Hagen tells about a certain visitation that he had. It's recorded in his book called I Believe in Visions. And uh, in that book, he lists, I believe, about eight of his major visions that he had of Jesus throughout his ministry. And one of them in there, he tells the story of his wife, that she was, Dad Hagen's wife was given a, um, really she was given, she was told medically she needed to have an operation and it was a serious one. And he said, I had the sense, and of course, this was in their younger days. He said, I had the sense that if she had that operation, she'd die. And he said, evidently, she had the same sense because she was not um, in agreement to have the operation. And so Dad Hagen said, I had been spending some time talking to God about that. He said, uh, you know, he was in the traveling ministry by then. They had pastored together for years, and then now he was traveling on the road. And he said, um, I, just, I just sensed that if something didn't change, she'd die early. Mm-hmm. So he said, in, in my prayer time, I had talked about 
about that to God. And, you know, it's, it's, it's right to talk to him about everything, right? Yeah. And so he said, I was in a service one night and we had all come around the altar and we were praying together. And he said, I was sitting on the steps that lead up to the platform. And he says, as I was sitting there, he said, I looked up and Jesus was standing in front of me. And he said, I can see him. He said, I can see him just as real as I can see anybody else. And he said, uh, Jesus talked to him about his ministry, gave him some direction for his ministry. And then he said, Jesus said this to him. He said, tell your wife to go ahead and be operated on. She'll live and not die. And uh, Brother Hagen said, I had sensed that she would die. And, he, and Jesus said, yes, if, if I hadn't have intervened, she would have. But he, Dad Hagen said in that book, in writing, he said, Jesus said something that just broke his heart. And he said, People don't know, my children don't know how I long to do for them if they will only let me. If they would come to me on the basis of my word, because I can't violate my word, but if they would come on the basis of the word and believe, he said, then I'm able to do for them. And I long to do for them. Now notice, because he knew he knew God's goodness. Dad Hagen did. He knew God's goodness. He talked to him and the, the outcome of his wife's life was changed because he knew his father. He knew, the, he knew his father through the word. We, in our fellowship with God, we know him by the word. Who he says he is in his word, he is. Amen. Believe him, take him at his word. But talk to him about his word. Have fellowship with him on his word. Amen. We've been reading in John chapter 17 and verse 1 this prayer that Jesus prayed before he exited the earth. And it reads that these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Look at verse three. And this is life. This is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God and know Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Look at that. We're invited to know him. He knows us. We need to know him. Amen. And then Psalm 43 in verse three and four, it reads, Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Well, in this day and age under the new covenant, we don't look to a holy hill We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So we could say it this way because this is really what this passage is saying. We could read it this way and be correct. Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me into your presence. That's really what it's talking about. Look at verse four. Then will I go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy. Listen, there is no greater joy than knowing him. Amen. Amen. He gives us such wonderful things and such blessed things, but nothing he gives can take the place of him and who he is. Amen. Amen. 
the enjoyment of God. And I got born again because I wanted him and I still want him. Amen. Amen. I've chosen not to exchange him for anything else. And too many times, sometimes we can, not really realizing it, we can exchange time with him for lesser things that don't give us any joy or not the same kind of joy because the joy of him is an exceeding joy. Nothing comes close to knowing him. We were ending up on our last episode talking about, now we've talked, we've gone several episodes previous to this one talking about the presence of God, enjoying the fellowship of God. We invite you, if you haven't watched them, go back and watch those. But we were making the statement that when Jesus, in his fellowship with his father, he would hear what the father would say to him. He would see what the father would show to him. And then he would just go out among the multitudes and be a blessing. Right? So um, Jesus made the statement, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. When did he hear that? When did he see that? In his times of fellowship. So know this, your fellowship can be blessing to others. Because miracles came to the lives of others because Jesus was in fellowship with the Father. He took time to fellowship with the Father. Listen, he was a son of God, but he still needed the fellowship of the Father. We're the sons of God. We still need fellowship time with our Father because the more we know him, the more uh, we can cooperate with him and the more he can flow through us unhindered. Now, so we see this, the the fruit of Jesus' ministry really came out of his fellowship. Yes, he was anointed. Yes, that anointing power did the work, but Jesus knew how to cooperate with that anointing because he knew his father. He was in fellowship with his father. Go with me, if you would, to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, and I'm going to start reading in verse 17. And if you'll stay with me, we're going to read through this passage. It's quite a few verses, but I I want us to read through it so we can see something here. I want you to see the place of fellowship Mm -hmm. and the connection of it to the the fruit bearing of your life. Mark chapter 9 and verse 17, and it reads, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, the spirit tears him. And the boy foams and gnashes with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Now, I'm going to have to stop right there. Because it says they could not. But... I want to read to you out of Matthew chapter 10. If you want, just hold your place there in Mark 9. But Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1, it says, And when Jesus had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So let me ask you this. Did they have the power to cast this demon out of this boy? They had it. Because Jesus, on a previous occasion, had already authorized them and empowered them to do that. So when this man says they could not, just because they didn't, didn't mean they couldn't. (laughs) 
Now go back to Mark where we were at in Mark chapter 9 and look at verse 19. So the man said to Jesus, they could not cast him out. Verse 19, Jesus answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Now, who is Jesus saying this about? How long am I going to put up with you? Who's he saying it to, the man or his disciples? Both. (laughs) Both, because the disciples did not get the results they could have gotten. And the man was saying they couldn't get the results. So notice, Jesus was expecting something to be worked through the hands of his disciples and they did not come up. That fruit was not born that Jesus expected. We need to pay attention. Are we expecting? Are we coming up to Jesus' expectations of us? I don't, you know, there might be, there might have been times we've come short of that, but let's just not stay short of it. And so verse 20, it says, and they brought him, brought the boy unto Jesus. And when the boy saw him straightway, the spirit tear him. And the boy fell down on the ground and wallowed foaming. And Jesus asked the father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child. So when he was little. And oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So notice the man saying, if you can do something, do it. And Jesus said, if you can believe something, believe it. (laughs) He saw that it's not all up to what Jesus can do, but what we believe affects what we'll receive of what Jesus can do. So he's saying, basically, the man was dismissing himself and putting it all on Jesus. But your miracle includes you. Your healing includes you. What part of you includes your faith? It includes you believing and thinking right. Verse 24, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with fear, with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Now, this man spoke rightly. A lot of people wouldn't understand. What does he mean? I believe, help thou my unbelief. He said, in my heart, I believe, but my head doubts. My head is having trouble with it. You know, you can have faith in your heart and doubts coming to your head. Why? Because the devil launches doubts against the mind. So when these two come into agreement, you know, sometimes some, I, there have been times that I just acted on the faith as in my heart when my head was giving me fits and my faith still worked yes. Yes. because I had enough sense in my head to ignore my head <laughs> and lean to my heart. Amen. So he, that's what this man means when he said, I believe we could say it this way. I believe in my heart, but there's doubts in my head. There's unbelief coming to my mind. You know this, you go to receive something from God, the devil will bombard your mind, say, that's not going to work. That's not, that's not going to work for you. That's what this man was experiencing. Just because those doubts that the enemy launches or that unbelief he launches against our head does not mean that the faith in our heart won't work. We can still release the faith in our heart. Verse 25, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit. Now notice this interesting thing. 
he saw the multitudes coming and running. What's that mean? You're going to get a lot of spectators. You're going to get a lot of people, some who may believe and some who may not. He didn't want all the systems of doubt and unbelief around him. So before all the people can reach, can reach where they're at, he deals with this thing. And so he rebuked the foul spirit saying unto him, thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee come out of him and enter no more into him. So he's saying, don't you come back. Verse 26, and the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead in so much that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up. And the boy arose. And when he was come into the house, now see, now they've walked away from this scene. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately. So they, the disciples saw this. Right. His disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? Now notice they've got the wrong word. They should have said, why didn't we? Not why couldn't we? They could have. But because Jesus had given them the authority and the dominion to do it. Why could not we cast him out? And he answered, he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Well, what's he mean by this? He's talking about prayer and fasting. That doesn't mean, Jesus isn't saying, if you pray long enough, I'll give you more. Right. If you, you're not going to earn something. The longer we pray, the more we know him, the more things can, if I could say this, the more we can see of what God shows. He's not talking about through prayer, you trying to earn something. He's not talking about if I fast long enough, then God owes me something. People will get into that mindset. If I pray long enough and I fast, God owes me something. And if he doesn't come through for me, you know what? I'm going to question him. Jesus isn't talking about earning something. He's talking about in times of prayer, I get so caught up in the fellowship of God that eating leaves the agenda. (laughs) That I step out of the natural and into the spiritual. I end up fasting, not because I'm trying to fast, but because I'm in another place of fellowship. That the natural loses sway over me. So we could say it this way. He's saying this kind comes out based on your communion and fellowship with God. He connected. Although the disciples had power, their lack of communion with God made them ineffective with the power they possessed. Now get that. They had the power. Jesus gave it to them. We read that passage in Matthew 10, 1. Jesus gave them the power, but they weren't effective because they lacked Fellowship. They lacked communion with the Father. Not only that, before that, before that point in time, you know what they were, what their conversation was? James and John's mother was with them and saying, Jesus promised my sons that one gets the right hand seat and one gets the left hand seat when you come into your kingdom of authority. See, they're thinking of a government still. They're thinking he's going to take over the government here and I want my sons to get right seats and they're fussing. And then the other, then the other disciples are upset because 
They're jockeying to get a position in the future of authority. So what are they doing? This doesn't speak of communion with the Father. What are they doing? They're they're planning and plotting for positions of influence, places of influence. No wonder. Listen, the more you're with the Father, the less you try to fight for yourself to get something in this life. In the sense of you just let God promote you. You just let God, you know, seek ye first, Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing right, his way of being right. You seek to do it his way. And he says, and all these things will be added unto you. You don't have to go out and spend your life networking. Trying to get around this preacher, trying to get around that person to get elevated, to get a door open. You get occupied with him and you get so full of him, I guarantee you, he's going to add things to you you never could have added to yourself. But this is where we see the disciples were. This is the mindset they were trying to network with Jesus. And you know what Jesus said to to the mother of James and John said, that's not mine to give. In other words, you barking up the wrong tree, lady. You know, it's not, it's not my place to give, to give something to you. That that's my father. My father's in command of this whole, this whole flow here. So we see what was the mindset. They were carnal. Yes. That's carnal, yeah. right? Yes. They were being carnal. And then they try to go cast out a devil and they've been fussing with each other over here because they're all jockeying for a position and upset that others, you see what I'm saying? He's saying, this kind came out because of my communion with my father. I was in prayer and fasting, a place of communion. See, your faith works when your fellowship is thriving. When your fellowship is neglected, even what belongs to you, you struggle with receiving. God doesn't withhold it, but you're not in a position of receiving because your fellowship is hindered. So we see how vital Jesus' communion with his father was to the results that he got in the effectiveness of his ministry. Amen. I want to right now pray with those of you because... um, as I sit here in the studio, there are times that that tangible healing anointing will come into my hand. And just a few moments ago, it did. Why is that? Not for me, for you. It's a sign. He's letting me know that there is, there's healing power in manifestation, miracle power in manifestation. So I want those of you who you are facing needs right now, needs for your body, whatever your need is, especially for healing, because I can sense that healing anointing flowing. I tell you what, Jesus longs to heal. You don't have to talk him into healing. You don't have to try to earn it. All you have to do is turn your faith his direction. Open up your heart and receive it. Amen. Many times people say, well, I'm trying to get healed. Well, just perform the act of receiving. Amen. You say, Pastor Nancy, how do I perform the act of receiving? Say, I receive it. Just like that, instead of I'm trying to get it. I receive it. It's already mine. I receive the flow of healing that's already mine. But right now, I want to pray with those of you who are watching today that you have symptoms in your body, pain in your body. I tell you what, Jesus paid the price for you to walk free and live free for every day of your life. So if you have that need right now, just stretch out your hand toward me. 
because as a sign is I'm releasing my faith. Join your faith with me. And I say, Satan, you take your hand off God's property in Jesus' name. I say, you take your hand off their bodies from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Pain, you leave their bodies. Symptoms, you leave their bodies in Jesus' name. Those who need body parts put back. I say, we believe you, God, for miracles. We believe you that Jesus healed the maimed. We thank you for miracle power working in their body from the top of their head to the soles of their feet right now, right where you're at. Move that part of the body that you had difficulty with. Maybe it had pain. Maybe it's your shoulder. Move it right now. Not seeing if it worked, but giving action to that anointing. Show God your faith. You know, when they brought the paralyzed man who was on a bed and they let him down through a roof, remember they tore the roof apart to let this man down. And it said, and Jesus saw their faith. Faith is visible to Jesus. He sees it. Amen. Show him your faith. Say that which hindered me no more. Do something you couldn't do. Whatever it was, move it. If the fingers were, fingers said, no, you don't just start moving it. When you do, power will meet your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Right where you're at, just whether you need to stand up, whether you need to bend over, move side to side, do something to give action to that faith. Amen. And right now, just thank him. Say, thank you, Father, for healing me. I receive healing power. We receive that healing power. I don't have any idea of what your need may be, but he does. And that power is great enough to do the work. Amen. I believe in the power of God. Do you watch the intro to this broadcast? There's power. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one. You may be in one, that may describe you. You may be in one of those sick rooms. You may be in that hospital room. And I want to remind you, there is power right there to raise you up. Amen. I mean, even now see, I watch back these broadcasts because I'm part of the editing process of these. And listen, when I watch that, I say it with it. (laughs) Why I release my faith in the power of God. So today as we prayed, release your faith in the power of God, receiving that power into your body. Just thank, all throughout the day, thank him. You say, well, I can still feel the pain. I can still feel the symptoms. Doesn't matter. The power of God's working. You just, you just keep thanking him, thanking him and worshiping him that he is true to his word and it's working in you right now from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Amen. Well, we've been ministering on some of the things that I teach in this book. His presence shall be my dwelling place. Listen, he's in you. Enjoy him. Amen. Amen. Learn to turn your attention toward him. And uh, we would love to get this book in your hands. If you would go to our website at deframeministries.org and let us know you want your copy and we'll get it right out to you. Listen, there may be a loved one, a neighbor, a family member, someone that you know of that it'd be, it'd be a blessing. Get more than one. Get one for you. Get one for them. It'll be a blessing to them. Amen. And we're so grateful that you've joined with us today. Thank you for joining us. And until we see you next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this powerful book, His Presence Shall Be My Dwelling Place, Nancy Dufresne teaches 
How to Be More Aware of the Presence of God on a Daily Basis. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Tulsa, Oklahoma at The Rock Church, April 16th through the 20th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.